I'm Lee. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Saturation Italicized on Weagle 91.1 FM. Tune in live at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays for your weekly dose of art and design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I love our intro. I love it. Oh, wait. Why can't I hear you? Oh. I can't hear you either. You can't hear me? No. Why can't you hear me? I don't know. Technical difficulties. I can hear me. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, your headphones. I got it now. I got it now. Technical difficulties. Literally no saturation italicized would be completely without it. <laughs> but we got a mile of the way for the night, so that's it's good. It's crazy that we work with technology, and Constantly. here we are not being technology savvy every <laughs> well, Tuesday night. To be fair, this board I'm looking at right now is literally it's not for the faint of heart (laughs) it's not for the faint of heart it's nothing like i've ever seen before i started working here um well i'm lee and i'm lauren and this is saturation italicized guys season two episode two where we actually talk about design again (laughs) yeah i almost wanted to name next or last week's episode pilot because it was just like it was just a pilot episode it really was but to be fair like any conversation we we have even outside of the podcast always involves design. So even though we this didn't so plan true. it last week, like we talked a lot about design still. <laughs> um, it's just a part of us. Is it? I felt like it was a good episode though, and it was so fun to be back. And yeah, you know what? I'm I'm glad we did it tonight. I'm really glad we did. We were having I was having some tummy troubles, and I was like, girl, I might tap out, but, but we, we powered through. It. We yeah. overcame. It's an- so great to be here and now i'm so happy so happy to be doing the pod as always well should we get started yeah you have to start us off i gotta plug in my computer real quick go for it i will start recapping so college listeners i'm sure if you're over the age of 21 we have all been in that financial struggle where you go to the store and you want an an adult drink but we're poor we're poor. We're college students. So you grab Natty Light because why not? You know, it, it gets the job done, okay? Well, Natty Light does not like that we have this view of it anymore. It does not like being known as the college drink, the college beverage. I, I don't know if I can say, like, that word on air. I really don't. Um, but y'all, y'all know what I mean. So Natty Light decided to do a rebrand. This rebrand... Uh, at first look, it looks really, really similar to Coors Banquet. That's the best way I know to describe this. Um, but a lot more elegant than what it used to be. So it used to be, if you looked at a Natty Light can, it it just screams NASCAR for some reason. It it's because of the italic or like the oblique type. Oh, so That's true. That's the race car vibe. And it's 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 old looking. It looks like you would you know, go to a frat party and you'd see a bunch of these, like, cans crushed up. Like, they have, like, weather wear on them. They've been sitting, like, in the gutters for for years at this point. But they are not necessarily a classy-looking drink, for sure. So, as I said earlier, Natty Light was like, we don't need this image of us anymore. And they decided that they're going to go for a more retro look. This retro-inspired makeover actually mirrors the beer's brand. Oops, said it. I guess I can. Um, the, the brand's 1979 design, it has a throwback logo along with a new crest. Wait, have you said they have, they've had a rebrand? Yes. Okay. 
I like missed that. I was so zoned into looking at it. I was like, wait, did she use the word rebrand? I just need the people to know. I hope so. They had a rebrand. If I haven't said that, you know now. Um, Sorry, it's kind of weird to be like doing or talking about research again after last week. But um, anyway, so this design that they have now, this more elegant, um, you know, more upper scale, I would say, design is actually... Um, trace back to design they had in the late 1970s. So it has that, you know, retro feel we've all come to know and love. The reason they did this was because as the um, the head of marketing said, there's been a lot of conversation about what is old is now what is cool. So they went back into their archive and they thought that the design of the late 1970s perfectly encapsulated this new image they wanted. Um, this retro design was actually tested a few years ago in two states, North Carolina and South Carolina, and the response was completely off the charts, off the charts, uh, Kristen Stowe, head of marketing, said. Um, the beer had the best rate of sale that they had seen in years um, compared to its silver, red, and blue branding, which has been in use for actually more than a decade. Um, so obviously, after they saw how well people received this new rebrand, they decided it was time to launch launch it full scale after they um you know made some tweaks kind of gave the gave the whole brand a rebrand not just the bottle itself um and now they are hoping that they will no longer be the college beer and instead be the graduated beer um i still just i can't <laughs> so funny they said traditionally so people think of us as college beer and we're graduating and like, are y'all, because you're I still cheap. <laughs> personally, don't, I just don't know anyone that drinks that besides. Frat boys? Yeah. Frat boys, yeah. Or I mean, or just the <laughs> overall college consumer, but I don't know. I mean, I guess I haven't interacted with a lot of like, aside from my father, I guess, like, and grandfather. Maybe you know, I no, just don't know enough. My grandfather used to drink Natty Light, I think, actually. Maybe. That's crazy. So, but it was either that or Bud Light. It was one of the lights, Miller Light, Coors Light. So, like, any beer, I guess. So, (laughs) do you think that non-college students are going to pick this up? Oh, for sure. For sure. I don't think it's necessarily because someone's going to look at it and be like, Natty Light is not the college beer anymore. I think, um, and maybe someone in their, like, 30s or something would just be like, oh, this looks good and it's cheap. And they might not even recognize it as, like, Natty Light. They might – honestly, I think you could mistake this for, like, a Coors Banquet, which is an upscale – let me pull, pull up a picture of this. Like, an upscale beer. Not really, but, like, it's nicer than – yeah, no, it looks like – here, you see this? Yeah, 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 I Googled it earlier. Oh, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, like – I'm just thinking about it from, like, a design standpoint. It's just so symmetrical and kind of – it's very clean – do you like it or do you not like it? Usually symmetry is not a great thing. I'm Okay, I definitely didn't like the old version. Oh no, the old version is terrible. So this is definitely a step up. Yeah. And it is it does have a completely different aura about it than the original brand that brand did. So it's definitely you know how some rebrands it's like not a huge change. It's like yeah. you didn't really do anything. This is definitely a big change. I really like it. I want to say that I know people have who have bought it since like I mean they were in college so but I know people who have bought it since the rebrand because they were like it looks good now 
it looks good now. Is the drink different though, or is it just I the don't think so. I I didn't read anything about that in the research. I really think it was just they were tired of people looking at them as the cheap college beer. That's fair. I will say, I wonder what if the background on it, instead of it being white, it was a navy blue, that blue, and then the text was white. Oh, that'd be cute. I feel like it might, I feel like though it's just so much white, like. So you're not fully sold on this? No. Have I you? I don't think I've, I, yeah. I mean, I like the composition. But I'm not, it's just so much white. <laughs> like, why would you go with all white on packaging when you could do anything? I, I definitely see what you're saying. I really do like it, though. I think I would like it probably even better like that. I'm just curious with the blue. I, they, it seems a little comfortable for sure in the sense that, like, we've seen this design before on beer. Yeah. This is not some sure. brand new design, but... As far as the brain itself goes, this is really new for them, I it would definitely say. definitely elevates yeah. their aesthetic. It kind of did what Kia did when we talked about that so long yeah. ago. Like, we're going to look at this beer and have different associations with this it is now. True. This is true. It, it's a p- powerful rebrand in the fact that, like, or it's successful in the fact that people want, want to pick this up. As where, like, to call back another rebrand, when Tropicana did that. People didn't want to pick it up anymore. So it was True. completely unsuccessful. Look at us talking about all of our former all episodes of our and our rebrands. We just, it's cool. we just do so many rebrands. I was actually thinking about the other day how, like, um, I feel like I've definitely learned so much since doing this podcast and, like, yeah. retained a lot of it because we have to talk about yeah. it. So yeah. True. So you can't just kind of, like, do the whole, like, scan the notes. and. This is true. You have to actually explain what you're talking about. That's a really good conclusion is talking about how many uh, other rebrands we've done because it's about time to go to our song and commercial break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Saturation Italicized on WEGL 91.1 FM. And we are back. Yes. Y'all like those little sound effects I played? I hope you did. Yeah, we just loved them. (laughs) All right. What do you have next up for us, Lauren? So we're going to be... Okay, so over the summer, when I was just doom scrolling on social (laughs) media, I found a lot of random things that I thought were interesting that could be topics to talk about on the podcast. So I just Hmm. wrote them down. And for this week's episode, I just randomly looked at it. And so one of the things I found from that list was this Twitter thread that's actually from June 2022, so I'm not even sure how I found it <laughs> a year later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, it's a thread by at Cultural Tutor. It's talking about minimalism design. And before we get into it, I think we need to establish, like, our definition of minimalism. Ooh, okay. Which is a style or technique such as music literature designed that is characterized by extreme spareness and simplicity. So... One of the things that the thread was talking about that it's important to note that we're not talking about the conscious design movement minimalism, but unconscious minimalism. So like the social default for every design choice that causes an extreme lack of the while I was reading the thread, I was having like mixed opinions because at the beginning it's saying it's a lack of detail, but I feel like it might be a lack of character. Mm. So it's something we can discuss because the author was kind of using them interchangeably. But then I have some quotes at the end of, like, people responding that kind of changed my opinion on it. Mm -hmm. So um, 
we can we can all agree that details give distinctive character identity and other discernible qualities to different things yes so what culture cultural tutor said was quote the thing with detail and therefore identity is that people have different tastes so to some extent it imposes something on a person default minimalism design strips all identity away from things it presents a neutral clean slate which imposes nothing so this person is saying that like minimalism has become a social default for everything from like benches to billboards to skyscrapers to everything and we have just a lack of cultural aesthetic so like they were saying that like minimalism is inoffensive because Mm -hmm. it just doesn't impose anything someone might not like this detail so we don't even have it and this article was, or not article, the thread was saying that, like, we're n- again, we're not talking about, like, just a minimal, like, room design, but, like, the issue of society's overall sh- shift towards extreme simplification. Like McDonald's. What do you mean? Like, do you remember what old McDonald's used to look like compared to what they look like now? Oh, yeah. It's like that. You should, okay, click on the link in the in the Google Doc for X. That's, it sends you to the thread, and you can see, like, all the pictures of this person's Ooh, example. Okay, if okay. you look up, like, cultural tutor minimalism thread, I think you can find oh, it. I and love these first examples. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, public structures that have changed, like, telephone booths or benches or doorbells. Mm. And even, like, into logos and, like, furniture, overall house design, skyscrapers. You know what I found, find interesting about this? What? is uh when we when i'm looking at these examples of like these old ornate benches compared to the benches that are being made now that are so 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 minimalist like no character no detail like we said it's so dystopian and it's also directly conflicting to america's cultural identity of individualism like we are such an individualistic society we are not a community-based society at all and it's almost interesting to see how this conflicts with that idea, but it also kind of complements it in a way where it's it's inoffensive to everyone else's, like, different... Yeah, it's just so, like, bland. It doesn't have an opinion on anything. It's just exactly, neutral. Exactly, exactly. So that's what this was saying. Like, without detail, everything starts to look similar. No neutrality, no detail, no identity. It's inoffensive. Um, Ugh, the one... all-white living rooms. I, well, okay, but see, I have mixed opinions on that because if you have an all-white living room to begin with, then you have, like, a clean slate of what you could do. I guess it's, like, if you just left it mm-hmm. plain white and boring. Yeah, okay, okay, I see what you you're see saying. What I mean? Like, yeah. you have potential to do anything. Like, if you were to move into a place with, like, completely white wall- walls, yeah. you would like that because you can get any color yes. furniture. Yeah, or, yeah. like, paint it. Yeah. Like, the options are endless. Mm-hmm. And then one of the other things the thread was talking about was, like, is minimalism so prevalent because we don't have anything to say? And it said that gothic mm. cathedrals, like, you look at that, and that has something deeper and is saying something more than just, like, I don't know, like a rectangular, like, boring skyscraper from the outside. Okay. One of those corporate buildings. Not to make this too deep at all. <laughs> okay. I'm, we're about to get, like, way too deep, but... I feel like, okay, so there's definitely, like, a overall social movement right now of workers kind of saying, like, our purpose in life is not to work. Our purpose in life is not to create capital for other people anymore. And that there's that's kind of, like, a big, I think, social mindset, right? 
And kind of paralleling, paralleling how these, you know, corporate entities switching to more minimalistic style or these like uh, public or civil entities that are also switching to more minimalist. Like when you look at a bookcase that has no personality, its only purpose now is not is not to be visually pleasing, but is to do what it was designed to do. And it's kind of like interesting to see how while like maybe the government or like the more corporate sides are going for this more minimalistic design where like its only purpose now is to do what it was originally designed for is kind of the opposite of what the kind of social movement is saying is like our purpose is not to do is not to provide work or like quote unquote what we were designed to do to make money does that make sense so you're saying like it's just doing the bare minimum or it's it's doing it's taking the art out of these objects the industrial design out of these objects to give them only the purpose they were created to work down yeah kind of okay interesting i don't know if that makes sense but just some food for thought it's because it's Okay, but I feel like that, like, directly correlates to this by being inoffensive and not mm-hmm. imposing anything. Like, if you're not, mm-hmm. like, it's just kind of there. It's like, it's kind of like when we were talking about Times New Roman and we were saying that's yeah. a default, like, a lack of jo- design choice. Yeah. Rather than a conscious design choice. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of these things almost look like that. No, I, I definitely, I definitely. But then I also that. feel like some very simplified things are so simple because they've been thought through so much. What do you mean by that? Like, what if you just have, like, a really simple, like, elegant, like, chair or something? But Mm -hmm. the curves are, like, in a perfect place for where you sit on it. So Mm -hmm. it looks like it's really nothing, but it's actually very thoughtful in the details. It just doesn't look like it. I would say that's the opposite. Well, because like that would be, do you know what I mean? Like that yeah, would still like a be completely minimal. White chair. So that's what makes me think like this debate isn't necessarily like the lack of detail, but maybe the lack of character. The lack of character. Yeah. So that's where I, that's where my opinion started to change towards the end. Yeah. You can have thoughtful minimalist things. Okay, I'm definitely agree with what ones. you're saying. Yeah. But mm, I would just say I've. I think the general use of minimalism is not thoughtful. Yeah, agreed. And the use that we see it in, like, this daily life now where we're looking at these buildings that are, like, quote-unquote minimal but are just bare. Yeah, it's like kind of like a cop-out <laughs> of, like, yeah. It's just, like, sterile It's kinda. dystopian looking. It's yeah, like, it is. It's weird to, like, see how much we've moved towards the design that was set up in these movies, like, ages ago that were, like... This is a weird futuristic dystopian society. It's almost like we use yeah. that as the blueprint for like, this is how we should make stuff look. This is true. Because when you look at old future movies, it's always like, oh, why everything? Yeah, that's so true. So well, clean. because they were made in times that were so colorful. Mm. Like you have to think about like all the like the seventies and the sixties and the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like those are just so many vibrant colors. Like yeah. if you think about how their house was decorated, so I guess it was like so different kind of the compared to that. Yeah. yeah. Though I want to end this segment on this other quote I saw on the thread. And somebody said, 
detailed this is where i because i read the whole thread and then i started reading people's comments because i was like Mm. what do the people think what do they think so this is where when my opinion started to change because somebody said detail doesn't equal character detail exists in minimalism so long as it serves a purpose decoration as identity can often serve a meaningful purpose but it can be counterproductive create clutter and increase mental effort which can turn create discomfort it's like Mm. someone's just opinion on maximalism kind of versus yeah. minimalism, but i just think it's interesting that, that they is said cool. detail and doesn't equal character well verbalized yeah. well articulated is the word i was looking for yeah so i would it's i like what they said about um like clutter equaling discomfort especially because of like the yeah. research i'm doing right now for my uh senior project is i wouldn't say it's necessarily based in discomfort or clutter but that's like definitely like some a a design motif you kind of see repeated that's true there's a lot it's more overwhelming yeah and it's interesting to see how different like facets of culture take on different kinds of design because like of course like grunge rock music is gonna want like quote-unquote discomforting design it's discomforting music true and to go back on like minimalism of course, of course, these like public entities that are becoming more minimalist are going to become more minimalist because they're meant to please so many people. Yeah, that's I thought that, too. Mm-hmm. Like if you have to just meet like a really broad target audience, mm-hmm. like I guess is we. But I wouldn't even say that they're like necessarily meeting what we like. They're just not making it more negative again they're just like remaining neutral where what was the quote you said about um it was something something a lack of cultural asset aesthetics that's what yeah the united states notoriously like struggles with what we consider to be like our culture like that's a highly debated topic and there's obviously stuff that like is undebatable like baseball is a part of our culture yeah um but the u.s is so big like the south is gonna have a different culture Mm -hmm. than the north uh vice versa like all of that west and east or united states um and so when we have so many different cultures fighting for it's like southern people are not gonna want uh northern design in their cities or anything like that even though we can't necessarily like articulate what that is that makes sense why in turn it's like fine we all get nothing then we all get no detail because we're so individualistic we need something that everyone can project themselves onto true kind of goes back to like how we lack community as like a essential resource in america sometimes yeah i don't think this would be to our community episode yeah like i think the benches that would be made in small towns would be you know probably probably a little more care have a little more characteristics or character than yeah in like new york or something yeah yeah if we put more of an emphasis on community especially because like looking um, I, i i know we're supposed to like in this segment but like when i look at these like minimalist parking decks or minimalist apartment i it like it's not it doesn't make me feel good yeah that's fair at all especially compared to like when you go to another country and you see these like beautiful the ancient architecture yes yeah. that has that's so literally much works of art yeah yes yes yeah well food for thought yeah 
just (laughs) things to ponder about. You know, ponder on that, listeners. And with that, we are off to listen to Zero by the Smashing Pumpkins on Weagle 91.1 FM. And we are back. Thank you so much for tuning in to Saturation Italicized on WEGL 91.1 FM. What do we have next, Lauren? So... After we've talked about minimalism and the lack of character, we're going to segue into the complete opposite and jump right into maximalism, which maximalism is defined as a reaction against minimalism. So it's an aesthetic of excess instead of the minimalist motto of less is more. So we're going to talk about somebody who I think is very popular among people our age. I feel like a lot of people, if you're on the social media platforms, you would have seen this guy's outfits. It's Wisdom K. His Instagram is, it's W-I-S-D-M. And he's a 22-year-old Nigerian-American model. He's 6'4", and he is just the epitome of maximalism. I first saw him on TikTok a couple years ago. He posted his first TikTok in January of 2020, and amassed 2.4 million followers within like his first couple months wow so after being on tiktok for just seven months vogue coined him tiktok's the best dressed guy so i feel (laughs) like that's a lot coming from vogue um now he has like over nine nine million followers on tiktok and over two on instagram um According to Wikipedia, he lives in Houston, he lived in Houston and he goes to Texas State. I don't know if this is true, but if it is, he's going to school where TJ Finley is currently at school. Slay. So everybody just put that into perspective. And my cousin, um, hey Sarah. <laughs> anyway, um, so his fashion really relates to like 1970s fashion. He kind of has those like flared pants and like just the silhouettes and the collars are all very 1970s. Um, and he said he really likes surrealism and the 70s aesthetic. Um, yeah, I figured we could just kind of scroll through his stuff because I think his his outfits are just so interesting. I loved his pinned outfit. His The first post you'll see when you look on his Instagram, um, which, again, is wisdom without the O, uh, I love this outfit. And usually I don't, like, understand the more, like, I... I, How would you describe this outfit, like, to someone who's not looking at it right now? It's, okay, great question. So you cannot see any part of his body, and all the shapes that already make his body are kind of elongated in this outfit. It is completely black and uh, features, like, a reflective face cover, uh, some pointed puffed up shoulders with these diagonal like uh, not diagonal triangular um sleeves that then cascade into very long trains off of the sleeves including a long slender train at the bottom of the dresser skirt um but what I really liked about it was his caption which is like so I don't know philosophical for lack of a better word um but like really I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read it. The caption is, Nothingness brought to shape. Within this shape is understanding. For when unable to categorize, fear instills its power. It makes us feel inferior to the vastness of our universe, but forms shape with the void. The mind is tickled, and understanding can be seen over the horizon. We have to categorize. We can never let things just be. This is humanity. Boxes on top of boxes on an endless shelf. 
Wow, that was a lot. It's beautiful. And I think it, I see how it is reflected in this design of this fashion because he says specifically, we have to like emphasize and categorize. And in, and in this outfit, he's emphasizing, categorizing the human body, you know? Yeah, that's and it, true. The outfit, it, it is nothingness. It's complete void. It's black. But the shape of it brings, quote unquote, the understanding. That was so much cheaper than I was expecting this to go. <laughs> but his stuff is just so you don't see other people dress like that yeah not at all i really like his post right under that where he's wearing like the red pants he's wearing a like looks like corduroy maybe oh wait no they're sequins sequin yeah, red flan pants with like red cowboy boots a red button down and a white blazer it's a long blazer too yeah Oh, it just looks so good. And it's, like, fo- he's photographed, like, in a white, like, kind of circular chair um, with a white backdrop. Oh, the sequins of the pants reflect the, uh, like, snake scale of the boots. See, I really like his use of texture. Mm-hmm. And just his use of, like, elongated proportions and, like, I don't know. Every, every All of his outfits are just so interesting. And if you scroll down, he has, like, Spongebob ones. I saw those. I love them. I love them. Which one's your favorite? Mm. <sighs> Honestly, they're all so good. Does I definitely had a favorite. Let me go back through them again. Oh, I really liked Flats' outfit because I thought it was fun what he did with them. How simple the outfit is drawn and how he portrayed it. Oh, like that yeah, ones. that's cute. See, I like <sighs> honestly, Mr. Krabs' outfit just goes so hard. It does go hard. Oh, I love the Gary one. And the do. Okay, Doodle Bob was my favorite. Doodle. The giant. Oh, or maybe Plankton. Okay, I'm just listing so many now, but Plankton was really good too. Because he makes. Like, Plankton's, Plankton doesn't wear any clothes. And the way he makes the outfit makes it look like evil. Like Plankton, you know? Like, yeah. it's cool. No, it's so cool. Like, he's so talented on how he visualizes or interprets things through clothes. Have you seen the Larry the Lobster one? No, I'm looking at them. <gasps> Mrs. Puffs. Outfit. Oh, yeah, Mrs. Puffs is great. Oh, Larry the Lobster is so fun. Like, oh he God. just uses the coolest colors and silhouettes mm. and, like, wears a lot of, like, weird shoes, like, big hats, long coats. Just so much character. I'm wondering if he makes these outfits. Could you figure that out if in the uh, obviously oh, not yeah. every piece, but I don't think so because most of the stuff he like tags mm. other places and like some like I feel like he has a good bit of like luxury designers like mm-hmm. um I, in the article I read about him it said he really likes Saint Laurent but like I don't think he actually makes these things. Wisdom, if you're listening and that's wrong, I'm so sorry. I can't actually confirm or deny that. <laughs> we are but 22-year-old teenage girls. Yeah, we make mistakes. by Google, yeah. Okay, we make mistakes, guys. He could potentially make them, and I just don't know. Ooh, if you scroll down, he he kind of looks like a bat. What? <gasps> what are you talking Batman. about? Batman. Oh, my gosh. Okay, sc- you have to scroll down. Oh, this? No. No, 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 no. That? No. Scroll, scroll back up some. Go up, 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 up. Okay, listener, you really should find like if you scroll. <laughs> this is not down, very listener friendly. <laughs> if you scroll, oh yeah, wait, you almost missed it. Up, 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 oh, to the right. This? Yeah, 
it's like a gray background and he has like wings like this is so interesting it's batman Mm. it's batman he also did a batman look which is funny because i was looking at that coincidentally when you said he looks like a bat yeah (laughs) anyway i just thought his was his work or like his style is just so cool yeah very very cool and i i've like very maximalist when I looked him up on Instagram, like, s- multiple people I follow follow him. And I feel yeah. like most people, like, have seen him. Or I don't know. He was on my side of TikTok when I was on TikTok. So Yeah, I was following 10 people who follow him. Yeah, what do you think about him? I love him. And usually I don't really, un- this, like, I don't understand fashion, other aside from the fashion I wear and why I wear it. But, I, like, I like that his like I feel like you don't have to be a fashion head to get what he's doing yeah I agree fashion head that's definitely not what those people are called no but I think (laughs) he just he makes outfits I haven't seen before Mm -hmm. but in that make it's almost like honestly I feel like his clothes are kind of like retro futurism like it's very retro but it's still like he's doing it in a very modern way futuristic way that's how I would describe him I would agree with that He's he's very fun, Mr. Wisdom K. Yeah, cool name too. Well, we have to go to a little PSA break, but first, Lovers Rock by TV Girl on WEGL ninety one point one FM. And we are back. (laughs) We're back. We're back. We're back. Okay, I found a. a, I don't know what this button does, and I want to see what it does. I don't want peace. I want problems, always. <laughs> I don't know when we would use that in the show. Uh, Maybe we can find a way. Me, all the time. We'll have to come up with a good setup for it. I gotta fix my headphones one second. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Again, technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. I have poems for us. <gasps> Yay. I have poems for us. I have not done any discussion on them or... um you know, prepped for what I wanted to say because I thought it'd be nice if we just read them and kind of, instead of, like, analyzing, kind of uh, analyzed maybe the emotions we felt after hearing them. Okay, sounds good. So, and there is a connecting thread between them. Hopefully you'll see it. Um, Both of these poems were found on Joseph Fazano, Fazano's account on Twitter. Um, he's He's a poet. The first poem is actually by him. And I really, really enjoyed um, the, like, works that I have seen him uh, publicize and also post. So, this is The Stars in Their Courses. Now that childhood's dark, wild hymn is done with you, you can walk out and lie down in the stars again. These were the first great teachers, the flames by which you learned to love what isn't there, learned to carry a small light in your cellars, Learn to keep a secret in the dark. Listen, be still, and listen. There are the moments when the great fear unmakes you, and the moments when all you have is madness. And the moment in your own arms, in the darkness, when you look up at the great stars in the darkness, and know it is safe to be the thing you are. Dang, that was really good. It was very, very beautiful. All right, before... We talk about that. I want to read the second poem. Okay, okay. All right. This is beauty. Oh, my gosh. It doesn't It doesn't have a... 
uh, author on it. Okay, when we're discussing it, I'll look up who wrote this because okay. uh, I definitely should know. But this is Beauty after Hopkins. Don't know who Hopkins is. <laughs> what is left to say about this world that wakes you in your morning clothes and hands you the shopping list and lays the oars of morning on your body? Once, when I lost someone whose heart was the heart in my heart, I woke up in the old pines to find a light I can only describe as beauty, simple beauty. And I knelt there alone and let it hold me, like my God, God's apology. What a line to end on. I know, I know. And wait, who? Look up who did it. I am, I am. Those... I feel like after I read a poem, sometimes I don't have, like, an immediate response. I have to let it simmer. I think, um, I think I have an easier time connecting them because that, that probably was, like, my fifth or sixth time reading them or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I got out of the, or my, what I felt, like, was the connecting thread was uh, being healed by not necessarily nature, but the earth that moves around you. Yeah. Um, in the first yeah, poem, that too. it talks about, it's, it's literally titled The Star in Their Courses, The Stars in Their Courses. And the last stanza is about looking up in the darkness, the night sky, and seeing the great stars there shining and knowing that it's okay to be all of these terrible things you feel like you are because you're. I mean, this sounds so cheesy, but you are the star in the night. Like, you are still shining in this darkness. Um, and that that makes you safe. It, it's safe to be anything you want to be because of the way we are reflected in nature, if, if that makes sense. Like, I'm a firm believer that humans are a part of this big cycle of what, you know, creates the earth and creates the universe. And we're a part, we're little tiny specks, but we're still a part of this great connection through everything. Yeah, true. And I, I feel like both of these poems were kind of touching on that or at least talking that we can be healed by um, the beauty that is that we're naturally surrounded by in the universe. So I that. that's I, they, so I just what thought they was, were uplifting. It was the stars and their courses by who? By Joseph Fanzano. Um, and I'm looking up for I'm looking up this poem. I need to. Mm, I'll have to type in, like, one of the lines because I looked up the title and couldn't find it. Um, what is left to say in this world? I'm so sorry. I thought that the um, – I thought that the poet was on the um, on the good. picture I had. Oh, my – why? You're I can't good. find it. <sighs> Guys, I can't find it. Uh, um – Okay, let me keep here. You talk. I'm gonna keep. <laughs> I'm gonna keep trying to find this. If not, I'll come back next week with who the poet is. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, do you have a line that stuck out to you? Uh, that's I kind of hard. You don't have anything to read. Yeah, I wish I had like read it like looking down, like read it off paper while you were reading out loud. I would have had a better grip on it. But um, I did like the last line of the second poem. Like God's apology, that was like, that was a powerful line. A fun tidbit you only see when you look at that poem is every time mourning is said, it's mourning with a U, like mourning someone. Mm -hmm. And then in the last line, the line you like, it says like, parentheses, my God, in parentheses, God's apology. 
which is just a cool Interesting. little textual element. I love poetic textual elements. <gasps> Me like too. That. that was something so much. really, really quick. Like, I don't know if you struggle with this, but when I, because I started first as a writer and then transitioned into design and it was, and I was a poet specifically, so it was very difficult to transition into making like type and publication when I'm so used to line breaking based on the flow of the poem and based yeah. on like what you yeah. want to emphasize. And that is not how it works in design. See, I feel like I'm actually having fun with that with my senior project. Really? Because I'm like getting to decide where I want to cut it off. Yeah. Where I want to cut off some of the type. Because you can't have like a widow or right. something. Yeah. I can't be that. Yeah, yeah there's still crazy. rules I have to follow. That's a rule that I think is fair to never break. It doesn't look good. When yeah, it, just it does look. It doesn't look good. Bottom. It looks bad. Um, but that's it. That's that's all we have time for. We're supposed yeah. to be out of here a few minutes ago. So, <laughs> stay tuned. Oh, and don't forget to listen to Doctor Hepcat's show before yes. us. Yes, he is awesome, and he plays Golden Oldies the two hours before us. Weagle's oldest show. And. Silly. And he plays all of it on vinyl, too, which yeah, is cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Very cool. It's so cool. Um, and we have Will, Silly Willie's Tune Times after us. Yes. So a really good time to tune in on Weagle on these yes, Tuesday nights. Yes, Tuesday nights are just, you get to learn about old jazz, you get to learn about design, and then you get to have a little, like, conversation pod, a little music time. If you're going to turn into tune into Weagle on any night, it should be Tuesday. I mean, we're a little biased, but I agree. I'm, I agree. <laughs> I'm going to always say that. And with that, there's only one thing left to say. War Damn Eagle. Oh, we did it. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This was Saturation Italicized with your hosts, Lauren and Lee. Tune in next week at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays for more art and design discussion. And follow our Instagram at saturation.italicized. War Eagle. <laughs>